the beginning, before the six singularities and the dawn of podcasts, came harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is Throw Smiley, and I'm basically a fancy robot. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and I think this episode's going to go well, but I will kill every one of you if I have to. I'm Brian Lesh, and I gave up on humans a long time ago. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber, but I've always wanted to be a giraffe. <laughs> Keep trying, Al. So close. You'd make a very cute giraffe. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Um... <laughs> Go next. This is Armless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, and we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Head over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. we got a lot of bonus content there. we got Star Wars shows and holiday movies uh, that we do. Uh, we've got music shows we do every week. Um, we've got the monthly movie where we just pick a random movie from a year, usually. Uh, this month, we're going to be doing 1992's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, that's by special request of our executive producers. Do you want a special request us to do a movie? <laughs> Just be an executive producer. We'll listen to you. Yeah. Do it. We've, uh, yeah. yeah. Cabin Boy was a lot of fun. That was a direct request. Yeah, absolutely. But this week on Harmless Entertainment, we are watching The Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the Deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We have loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it.
bet you've built the perfect safe house. Well, what's this even made of? Vibranium? Fall collection. Ikea. Ass. Eternals. Marvel's The Eternals, released November 5th, 2021. With the running time of 156,000 minutes. You said she worked with Terrence Malick? Uh, no, she modeled a lot of it after Terrence Malick. Well, uh, I was going to say. Of life. That, and, well, and the AD was Terrence Malick's AD. Oh, that's what you're saying. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that first shot is Heaven's Gate. If there ever was, yeah, a, you yeah. know, the lone house on the. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, Moving super Malicky. With, with the Badlands so in the background and everything, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, every. Transition had a sweeping geography shot. No, this is the most beautiful MCU film made to date by by, by a lot. Um, 156 minutes. It cost $200 million. It made $402.1 million. So a little disappointing, but that was during a COVID uptick. It's also really long and a property that nobody knows anything about. Mm -hmm. Right. I... Andrea mentioned it, so to be fair, but it, it could have worked as a series, especially looking at some of the series, like say Moon Knight. It, it's no more out there than a Moon Knight series, which I, they pulled off. I think it would have done better as a series, like as you said Six in the episodes, chat. Yeah. yeah, you know what though? I watched it again last night. I watched it. Um, I watched it again last night, and I was thinking about that, and I don't know if it would have been better. I think that it works as a grand epic single thing. There's, I concur. There's so much. It definitely works. There's man. so many characters. So many characters. I, I and just, they could it, have given themselves more time, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it would have been better than. I feel like we got. I, like we, I think making it episodic would have taken away from the epic scale of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair. I that's, that, yeah. that's, that's my, that was my, my ultimate like take on that. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can, if I can think that would be better necessary i guess maybe i'm thinking they could have given themselves uh time to make it more cosmic which is obviously the direction the mcu is going in but there haven't i mean quantum mania is coming and guardians so maybe i will do it but like we need some huge scale characters to start coming in i hope they do that still i hope that they make a a series about our remaining Eternals. Honestly, I don't think I could watch right. an hour about Icarus. That's just me. Oh, God. Um, no. no. Uh, <laughs> that's not a problem anymore. No. Um, I, Camille, Nan- <laughs> Camille Nanjani has said that he has heard nothing from Marvel about any follow-up to the Eternals to date. This was like two weeks ago that I read that story. It's going to happen, though. I mean, they're oh. they're known for bringing things back into the story. Absolutely. They yeah. do and not abandon it. things just because they weren't well received initially. Yeah. Well, and the Eternals will return is the last thing we see in this movie, and they always cash that check. I mean, they w- it would make sense for them to be involved in Secret Wars at least, but probably the Kang Dynasty because, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 We may not get Eternals too, but we'll definitely see these characters somewhere again. Yeah. Especially yeah. Cersei. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, by, yeah, <laughs> by the if, way, if two, hour, only. two hours of Jon Snow and Rob Stark saying Cersei was very confusing. Right. And they both look like <laughs> Sebastian Stan to me. So it's like they all these three. Like, so, yeah. 
Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott. So, all right. Like I said, it, it did okay at the box office. And speaking of that, guys, you're ready to play the box office top 10 game. Yeah. Yeah. This is Let's the game. Get busy. Where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week based on box office uh, mojo descriptions. And the guys are going to try to guess it. Here we go. Number 10 for the week of November 5th. 2021. In an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled with her enigmatic student, whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with an ancestral creature. Not so apt. Pupils. Jackson, the uh, panty thief? No. <laughs> The person Jackson Harry Potter and the Thief of the Panties of Hermione. <laughs> it was Harry. Um, no, this is a you horror. Must have written that fan fiction. <laughs> it's a, oh, you don't want to get me started on my Harry Potter fan fictions. Oh, um, <laughs> it's a horror film. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I really don't. <laughs> the me- uh, um, Hereditary. No, it's this is one that is not. A, I don't think they're making a follow up to it. I don't know if this was. It, it it did well, it did okay. I mean, it made eighteen million dollars in total. That's probably more than it cost. It's called Antlers. Oh, okay. I even saw it. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not. Um, at number nine, OMG. Okay, the surviving victims of a murderer form a vigilante mob and vow to end his reign of terror. This is uh, which one is this? Friday the Thirteenth. Not uh, not a Halloween. Friday. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. But it's the one before Halloween ends? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it does. Halloween it's the one where all those people die in that car, which is a weird sequence of events. Yeah. I don't know. The new Halloween trilogy, <laughs> the first one I, I enjoyed. <laughs> is so- this 10? Is this just Halloween <laughs> 10? <laughs> no, no. It's Halloween Kills. Kills. So, no, the that. Halloween. Oh, and this ends in the hospital with the fucking riot? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I remember no, this. No, the Halloween, if we ever do a horror series, I, I kind of want it to be oh, Halloween because that shit please. is crazy. What is oh, and it. isn't canon, what's a sequel to what, what isn't a sequel to anything, like, it's insane. How many Halloween children does Lori have? Who knows? Depends I on what know. movie you're looking at. Yeah. Yes. Because there's H2O, which is one of my favorites, actually. That was a good one. And yeah. Yeah. Different kid in that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's like she strides. She's true. The, the, the Halloween timeline is 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 more complex than anything in the MCU. Yeah, and the magic. It's like the X Men timeline. Yeah, exactly. It is. Um, I, I I loved this movie. It was so bad. I loved it. Like I'll, all of them. I mean, I've never hated a Halloween movie, no yeah. matter what. I'm always like, right. yeah, Michael Myers, he's doing his thing. <laughs> Getting his like, groove done. How Michael got <laughs> The more I back. shout at the TV, the better. <laughs> also, doesn't he uh, brutally murder, uh, what's his face? Um, Everyone, yes. The the big, uh, he, oh God, what is his name? Kid from Weird Science. Oh, oh Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Candles. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. He like, brutally murders Anthony Michael Hall, and it's very satisfying. Yeah. Um, fucking Halloween. All right, opening at number eight this week for the week of November fifth, twenty twenty one. A princess struggling with mental health problems during her Christmas <laughs> holidays with the royal family. 
<laughs> decides to end her decade-long marriage. <laughs> Everything made sense except princess. Um. Princess. Frozen? A Still literal frozen. Um, A literal princess? A literal princess. <laughs> That's not figurative. She's an actual princess. Was an actual princess. Oh, 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 the Princess Die movie. What yeah, was it's it called? called Spencer. Oh. Because her, everyone her in the world name. remembers her. Her maiden name was Spencer. <laughs> yeah, Spencer for hire. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, Kristen Stewart as Diana, I believe. She looked good. I didn't see it, but I saw the like promo shot yeah, of her, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, she looks sure. the she closest looked... anybody's gotten." I guess she looks... they can make me look like Princess Diana now. Oh shit! Yeah, I'd pay money to see that. No, you wouldn't. I was I was listening to. I would make sure. What, are you saying that I'd get it for free, Josh? That means a lot to me. Well, well if I did make it, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess once it's on you the internet, I can, the brain I can trust, find it. But <laughs> I, I would make the teaser trailer. So. All right. I was listening to a uh, podcast with uh, the guest was um, the head of an AI um, computer animation company. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that he thinks we're a year to two years away from just having like like James Dean and Frank Sinatra being films now, Humphrey Bogart, like like as being out of the Uncanny Valley. Um, yep, but I believe it. Yeah, he also said yeah. that the biggest secret in Hollywood is that ninety five percent of films are using uh, touch up, what they call digital makeup, to take away just some crow's feet here and there. And yeah, and, oh yeah, yeah. Tom, and uh, Tom Cruise looks uh, like five years younger. But this this movie, The Eternals, has one of the most egregious uses of CGI I have ever seen in a film that I never would have guessed. And I'll tell you about it when we get to hmm, it. Interesting. Excellent. I'm not a big fan of the uh, Deviants CGI, but... Um, oh, I, I love them. They're otherworldly. They're creepy. They're, they're they look like spaghetti. They look they're, CGI. They're, they look they are like purple C- spaghetti monsters. It's, it's, not, it's not so much the design. It's that they just seem like CGI gobbledygook to me. Um, oh. I mean, they may as well right, be we'll Transformers. Get... Anyway. Yeah, the special effects in the Princess Die movie, though. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we're amazing. Princess D.I.E. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he was saying they worked on um, No Way Home, and, but uh-huh. they didn't do any of like the spe- like what you normally consider special effects. There's only humans that they de-aged, and they weren't well, all, and not all the humans they de-aged came from other universes. Yeah, I mean, they probably did it to Cumberbatch, too. Oh, to Cum- Cumberbatch, Marissa Tomei. Um, oh, Favreau. That makes sense. Favreau, Favreau yep. Um, so, anyways, all right. At number seven at the box office this week, uh, a love letter to journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century city that brings to life a collection of stories published in... The French Dispatch. The French Dispatch. Yes, <laughs> Wes Anderson. I watched that. I watched like the first thirty minutes of it and never got back Same. to it. That, I never got back to it. I, yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet, which is weird because I'm usually on top of Wes Anderson's films. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Um, at number six this week, the story of Barney. I'd like to leave it at that, but no, the story of Barney <laughs> and awkward, rubble and awkward middle. <laughs> Yabba fucking dabba do. 
Yeah, it's an action like <laughs> revenge picture. <laughs> you have a dab. Brian just dab. Folks at home. Oh my god! So Brian is officially dabbing in 2023. <laughs> Bringing it back. First dab of the season. That's how you know I'm old. <laughs> Six more weeks of winter. <laughs> The story of Barney, an awkward middle schooler. and his, his parents named him Barney. Yeah. <laughs> and his new walking, talking, digitally connected device. His device's malfunction set against the backdrop of the social media age launched them on a journey to learn about true friendship. <laughs> you are not going to use the Internet's not going to help you with that mission. Oh my god, yeah, so it's about Alexa, I guess. <laughs> but a portable this, Alexa. This is not starring Joaquin Phoenix. No, it's 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 a cartoon. Oh. It's a 3D animated cartoon. USB. It's it's no one none of us are gonna guess it. I this is the first time learning it exists. It's called Ron <laughs> Ron's Gone Wrong because his his Weird. his assistant is named Ron. Ron, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't his name Barney just a second ago? Yeah. Ron? Who names an AI digital assistant Ron? I'm sure it stands for something like... Ready or not. Yeah, yeah something. Um, at, that, that name rhymes with too many things. You're going to activate it accidentally. Oh, absolutely. Like all the time. Yeah. The dog's gone. Yeah. Ordering <laughs> garbage bags. I heard, let the dog out. <laughs> Would you like to know who did that? Yeah. Um, all right. Number five. This week, <laughs> Was that your darkest secret? I'm Googling it now. <laughs> At number five this week, um, a young girl's love for a tiny pup makes the dog grow to an enormous size. Clifford, the big red dog. Clifford, the big the live action Clifford, the big red dog movie. The, the movie that we had been clamoring for for decades. I uh, I had some friends that uh, two sisters that used to prefer or prefer used to refer to their uh, menstruation as Clifford being in town. So oh, I, anytime okay. that Clifford was mentioned and just seeing the ad, that's all I thought was like, it's great. I just would like I would just like to tell you guys the tagline for this movie: um, "The more you love him, the bigger he gets." <laughs> Which is true of, That's of true. several things. It'd be like if your trailer tag was the sky is blue. But also that that was also the tagline for um for the porno version. <laughs> what is that called? Because the title itself is already <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dong. Yeah. The Big Red Dong. Perfect. Thank you. Yes, there it is. Red rock. <laughs> Blue skying out here. Um, at number four this week. At the box office. A journalist attempts to reignite his career by interviewing a serial killer. Mackin. Uh, Venom. Uh, let there be carnage. Oh, Venom. Yes. Let there be carnage. <laughs> let <Yes>. there be. <laughs> I was like, pull out. <laughs> the judge is like, I, I, yes, I will let there be carnage. Dear God, it's me, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a movie. Never. Oh, oh yeah. Are you right. there, Margaret? The yeah, I saw, the, yeah. I saw the trailer. Yeah. 
Are you there, Margaret? It's me, God. I also. <laughs> That was even better. He keeps trying. <laughs> He's like, I really need to talk to you. I've called like four times. Please call me back. God. <laughs> uh, at number three this week, a government agent has left active service. His piece is short-lived, though, when an old friend from the CIA turns up asking for help. Is it a wick? It's not a wick. It is a franchise. And is it a Mission Impossible, not Ghost Protocol? It's, it's not a Mishpost Ghost Pro. No. <laughs> you get that checked out. You get the Ghost Pro. You got to uh, use the slang the kids are into. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't have time for words. <laughs> it, is an ex- it is perhaps oh. the most popular uh, Secret Agent franchise ever made. Oh, on. Oh, uh this is no time to die. No, yeah, <laughs> like I ain't got time for that. Finally released <laughs> from its fucking hell yeah, of man. COVID. Took so long for that movie to come out. It really did, and then it was. Yeah. I, I felt disappointing. So it many was compared to the previous Craig's. Definitely, yeah. I, it, it, but that's the cycle of Bonds. You get a really good one, and then you get a mediocre one right after it. And the one before this was really good. Which doesn't mean I have to accept it. And well, I'm just. This had the best Bond theme out of all of his Bond themes. Uh, the little oh, Billie Eilish. The Billie uh, Eilish theme? That was oh, yeah. time good. to die. Yeah. That was worth yeah, that was... waiting for. She won I'm, a Grammy I'm way s- before this movie came out. I'm still upset that uh, they didn't use Radiohead Spectre, because that song is so much yeah. better than the Chris Cornell one they used. Was it Chris yeah. Cornell? Was he Spectre? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it has to be original, right? No, no. They, 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 wrote, they contacted Radiohead, had them write the song. Oh. And everything, and then said, "Nah, we don't like it, and we're gonna go with Chris That's Cornell." It's man. really good, and it makes so much more sense. They're also British, and it's so Radiohead, or I mean, so James Bondy. Like they really yeah. went for it with like the, like the Billie Eilish song. Like I can't think of a better like diamonds. It feels like diamonds are forever yeah. to me. Like, yeah, no, the Billie Eilish one is pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at number two this week at the box office, a noble family becomes embroiled in a war for control over a valuable asset while its heir becomes troubled by visions of a dark future. Spencer. This is this is actually a remake of a film that we have covered on uh, the monthly movie. Uh, Patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Buck a month is all you need, guys. You said a royal family. Yes, this we we did cover the the um this not this exact movie but a version of this movie. Huh. Um, a while back, year or two, I don't know. Time is meaningless. Flat circle, yeah. yada yada. Flat circle. Uh, uh, and I don't know. It has a one-word title. It is based on a popular book series. The one we covered was made in 84. Same book, huh? And uh, wa- and hmm. starred uh, Kyle McLaughlin and Patrick Stewart. Dune. Oh, Dune. 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 Illinois. Also Dune. known as Arrakis. Yeah. <laughs> the Spice well, okay. is the life. <laughs> is that coming out this year, the sequel to that? No, it's like a year or two away. I think they're still filming. <sighs> okay. hate that. 
And at number one this week at the box office, The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. <laughs> that made it sound so fun. So beach blanket bingo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're responsible for all the fun stuff. <laughs> that is but none of the bad stuff. Oh, no. That is that's, that's cool that is, is number one. Yeah. I mean yeah. of course it is. It's an MCU it's movie. The Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, of course it's, on it's IMAX and shit. Open at number one. Um it just didn't have much legs. Um Well, and the buzz was that there was a finally an Academy Award winning director. Right? Because mm-hmm. no one else had ever won an she Academy won Award. She won that year. Directed a that film. fucking yeah. year she won. Yeah. Nomad and, Land uh, is so good. Jolie, right? She brought some prestige. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. 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 Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and and a Game look, of Thrones look, reunion. Look there. And yeah. a Game of Thrones reunion. Yep. Those three white guys played by the same white guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that Dylan d- McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> Mulroney. Mc, McDermott Mulroney. <laughs> yes. DDS. Um, that brings us to the character background. Al. <laughs> um, are there any characters in this we have to talk about? We didn't introduce any, right? Speed run, go. Uh, okay. Uh, the Eternals are a fictional race of humanoids appearing in Marvel Comics. <laughs> You're telling me this wasn't real? They're not. Wait, it wasn't based on a true story. Speedrun, go. Created by Jack Kirby, they made their first appearance in The Eternals number one, July of 1976. Thus, The Eternals are younger than me, but older than Thoreau. That's true, by like a month and a half. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, in... In 1970, Jack Kirby had left Marvel and started work on the saga of the new gods, blending mythological and science fiction concepts. That series was abruptly canceled, and Kirby would return to Marvel, continuing to explore his interest in high-concept sci-fi mythology through the Eternals. Kirby also spent a lot of time just eating furniture. (laughs) Sorry, Nintendo joke. But... Go ahead, New Jeff. gods and these guys, like that's what kind of cemented that like psychedelic Kirby, like the background, not even the character designs, but like the backgrounds and shit were just so unique use of shapes to make it seem science fictiony. Does that make sense? Like the little yeah. behind you girl. Yeah, I am constantly flummoxed by how psychedelic Jack Kirby was for a like Stuck World stick, War II. for a World War II stick in the mud libertarian dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would go downstairs and punch Nazis and hippies and stuff. Yeah. Nazis and hippies. Yeah, the America the National Socialist Party, American National, they like were angry at him for the way that he depicted Nazis in his comics, and he supposedly went downstairs. Yeah. From the Marvel offices and punched them in the face. Punched yeah. a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we did talk about that in our first uh, Captain America <laughs> podcast. Wow. Awesome. But um, we should build a statue of him punching a Nazi. Yeah, but no, it's crazy. You used to be able to be a libertarian and hate Nazis and hippies equally. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. He was not in the drug culture in the least. 
The Eternals are an offshoot of humanity known as Homo Immortalis. Homo Immortalis. Created one million years ago by the alien celestials to defend Earth with their superhuman powers and abilities. Uh, RuPaul is also homo. <laughs> Immortalis. Oh, <my> <laughs> what is gay I thought he may was, never I, die. I thought he was yeah. a homo fabulist. <laughs> fabulist. Fabulosis. Fabulosis, thank so. She's come down with fabulous. I was like, what shit? I got halfway through and I was like, what the fuck is the Latin for fabulous? I don't know. Their primary adversaries are the Deviants, another offshoot of humanity known as Homo Descendus, also created by the Celestials. From the Weimar region. While the godlike status of the Eternals formed the basis of various mythological figures around the world, the physical mutations of the deviants led to some of them being portrayed as the monsters of myth and legend. The genetic experiments of the celestials on early proto-humans also led to the capacity for superpowered mutations in humans. Thus, it's all tied together. Aha. They made um, the mutants. The Titanians, created by Jim Starlin, and the Uranians, created by Stan Lee, were later retconned as being Eternals as well. <laughs> Thus, um, the Titans, uh, Star Fox, uh, Thanos, right, gotcha. would be would be a, an Eternal. The powers of the Eternals are derived from the cosmic energy that suffuses their bodies. Thus, all Eternals are potentially capable of superhuman strength, speed, reflexes, agility, stamina and durability, invulnerability, immortality, accelerated healing, projecting concussive blasts, heat or energy from their eyes or hands, flight and levitating others, reading and controlling minds, generating illusions, teleportation, transmutation of objects and force field generation. They all can do that in the comics. They are all potentially capable of these powers. Okay. Yes. Cool. So, um, but much like me, <laughs> their potential is never fully realized. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, they decide to wear sweatpants and sit on the couch eating potato chips. Some Eternals choose to focus on a particular power in order to increase their effectiveness. For example... Cersei develops the power of transmutation further than any other Eternal, while Makari chose to focus the cosmic energy on super speed. That's kind of, that's cool. A little element. I like that. What it's level of intellect would you say they are? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How many whistles <laughs> yeah, are we getting? Because you don't have your flute. <laughs> All right. um, so, so basically, it's what they buried? decided to major in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they're they're all they're all eternal majors. They just have a, a specific focus or yeah. minor. I'm the women's Van studies eternal space. Yeah, I'm the women's studies eternal. <laughs> they're all over the place. One day I'll figure them out. One day. Um, let's see. Uh, Kingo. Um, I didn't write this down, so it's sort of off the cuff. Uh, Kingo actually uh, chose not to use his powers very much um, He, but he was a master swordsman hmm. um, 
so he uh, he chose to do a lot of just just swordsman and stuff. And um, he would become a movie star, not in India, but in Japan mm. in the comics. Huh. It, do a bunch of swordman stuff. It never fails yeah. to um, to tickle me. That's how- the technical term, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just conjuring up images. Like those are my papers, my uh, my swordsman papers. <laughs> it, it never fails to tickle me how much using a sword is useful in the 20th and 21st centuries <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> But if you watch like wild and out videos, people with swords, those are the most entertaining. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> Especially when they get tased and keep coming. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where in their publication history this came about, uh, but groups of eternals numbering three or more can initiate the Unimind, a psionic entity containing the totality of the powers of its members. Oh, so that was the device they kind of used at the end of this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a big aspect of Eternals comics that I've gone back and read. It makes sense. They have a we have to get one more Eternal so we can do the thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> let's put an ad in the paper. <laughs> yeah. It, it's always Cersei and like another Eternal trying to find as many Eternals as they can. They're like, we're looking, for, like our uni- we're looking for our unicorn, guys. <laughs> for it's going to be a full Led Zeppelin reunion. <laughs> Looking for a third. Yeah. So I think that's as far as I wanted to get into the weeds with these characters uh, because there are a lot. Sure. Um, and um, uh, I really love world mythology. And if I started, I wouldn't stop. Can you um, just name them all really the quick? Connections. Uh, can I name them all? Okay. So Ajax. Oh, by the way. Uh, Ajak, Makari, and Sprite were male. Um, up until 2019, uh, Sprite was alternately male and female. Um, so that's three. Uh, Ajak, Makari, and Sprite. Um, Gilgamesh, also known as Hero, or the Forgotten One, he was, uh, like the oldest of the, the Eternals. They came in different generations. They didn't all just show up at once. Um... So Gilgamesh, uh, Kingo, uh, Cersei, Icarus, um, dang it, uh, right. dang it. Wh- what's that? A uh, Druig, um, and Curly <laughs> Joe, Fastos, right? Oh, Fastos. Oh, actually, he's he's like my like favorite, uh, like like Vulcan, like Hephaestus, um, from the Greek mythology. Did you get and did you get Thena? I did not get Thena. And Thena. Jesus Christ, there are how many of them are there? Ten. 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 There's ten. Oh. It's like arcade fire. It's too many. It is too <laughs> <laughs> It is the Backstreet Boys and In Sync together. There are ten of these characters. No, that's too There were too many. There were too many. I, this film was I so overstuffed. Just, I disagree. I don't think that there were too many. I I agree with that. That's I just, don't think that's just my many. opinion. There are just a lot of them. I think there was there a, are lot. a lot. Yeah, and they're all new, but you know we've watched X Men movies before. We have, we have, but they 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 made pains for in the X Men movies for them not to all wear the same clothes and. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Mostly sweaters. Have extremely and have like like names that are all based on vaguely mythological things that are difficult to tell apart. Anyways. Um, um I did not personally need name tags uh for them all. They I are mean, when you if you do think about it, how does it work if there's three or four of them? No, yeah, no, they, need, I mean. they needed a grip, but I don't know. I don't. Fair enough. It, I had issues with the movie. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So at the next Eternals meeting, you'd be like, I think I'm we gonna need to vote out. The, ne- the <laughs> next Eternals HOA meeting, yeah. yeah. I don't even know why he's here. <laughs> all right. Oh, so also the, the, the main uh, uh, deviant, uh, I don't know it, how often they if they said his name, it? Uh, but it was supposed to be Crow. Um, and oh. he he was also from he was like the main deviant from the comics. He deviated the uh, most, or one of, one of the feeders of the deviants. You know, which I, was a motorcycle I, gang. I, I loved the deviants like early '80s stuff, but they started getting really <laughs> soft later on. They sold out. Also, in the comics, the deviants were more humanoid. Yeah, mm. I was kind of surprised by seeing them when I saw this movie the first time. I thought they were going to be more humanoid, or at least some of them. Well, because Thanos has a deviant gene. I think that was why yeah. they were not as humanoid, was to completely separate them from the Thanos lore. Okay. Well, But, but then maybe to, to bring them, because they do evolve, uh, we could see more humanoid-like deviants in movies someday. Yeah. Yeah, I hope we get more of that. Someday, I would, <laughs> deviant I would representation. Like, I would like to explore the deviants more in future Eternals things. Yeah, I know they could seems... have been cool. Uh, I mean, they were they, really just... Crow ended up being like almost like a DC villain recently, like Steppenwolf, that kind of yeah. thing, yeah. where I, it's just like, oh, they it, could have like made it more comic booky, and we would have been all right. No, I think was, that they're, they're a stepping stone to a future deviant race. That's my hope, I, is that we get a humanoid deviant race that is trying to preserve itself. I mean, according to the logic of this movie, there'd have to be, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely found them to be pretty boring, like CGI monsters of the week as they were portrayed in this film. I, I, I agree with that. So... <laughs> the meeting is adjourned. <laughs> quorum, the quorum has it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Kevin McConnell will be the speaker of the deviants. Yes, he is. Um, all right. Uh, that is it for our character background. Thank you, Al. That brings us to the production of the film itself. This movie was, uh, as I said, released in 2021. They initially started um, the uh, pre-production in 2018. Uh, Kevin Feige brought the Marvel group together. They started kind of blue sky and how they wanted to tell the story, what story they wanted to tell, as they do for every Marvel movie these days. Uh, They looked at a number of of directors for it. Chloe Zhao was originally um, in the running to direct Black Widow. Um, They also uh, looked at a few other directors, including uh, Nicole Castle, who uh, directed a bunch of episodes of The Leftovers and Watchmen, um, and Travis Knight, who we talked about in an episode not too long ago. He was the head of, uh, of Laika. 
Uh, right. Yeah. He directed oh, Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. The 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 Nike the heir to the Nike fortune. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another Greek guy. Yeah. Um, they were all uh considered, but Chloe Zhao got it. Um. So where do we know her from? You guys were talking about it, right? Know. She made Nomadland, that was, starring Frances McDormand, and won. Okay. I the, haven't seen won the best directing mean. Oscar for Nomadland. For that, yeah. they filmed a ton in Quartzsite. So if mm. you're familiar with Quartzsite, right. that part of <laughs> for better or worse, I am. Yeah. yeah, same. I was like, wow, I remember this place as a kid. If you're That's going to LA or San Diego, I can't but, remember which. One. But she really captured the like uh, the beauty of that part of Arizona, Absolutely. which is interesting because it is a wasteland. Mm-hmm. But it, and then it's but, not far from the Imperial Valley, right? Yeah, yeah. It's north. It's north, it's north from Yuma, south of Parker. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm picturing it. on the way to Blythe, basically. It's yes. meth country. <laughs> as far as the eye can see you stand on the bluffs um yeah i mean she basically was an indie film director nomad land was the one that kind of hit it big for her she made uh songs my brother taught brothers taught me the writer um indie indie films throughout the 2010s she's a younger director she is well she's 40 okay so i guess um Younger than you. Yeah, younger than me. Anyways. Uh, We're all piling on today. <laughs> younger than you are. Younger than the Eternals. <laughs> the Eternals, babies. Um, she has a screenplay credit, as does uh, Patrick Burley, um, who uh, also has writing credits on Peter Rabbit 2, Bereft, Illegal Aliens, <laughs> a bunch of movies no one remembers. Um, Ryan Furpo also has a uh, writing credit on this. Um, That's a person, not a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ryan, same, same here. Ryan Furpo. Yeah. Ryan Furpo. I was like, he, oh, the Furpo. He, he is the uh, he is the uh, uh, writing partner of the aforementioned Patrick Burley. Um, and Kaz Furpo, the brother of Ryan Furpo. <laughs> who is I'd like on- to talk to Kaz. <laughs> Swear him in. Um, so, yeah, those three write together a lot. So those those three guys basically were a writing team, and Chloe Zhao also got a screenplay credit. Um, I just want to say Zhao really quick. Just Zhao, I'm sorry. Air. Chloe Zhao. Um, yes. Uh, our cast includes Gemma Chan as Cersei. We saw her. Previously in Black Widow, in which she played Minerva. In uh, Black Widow? Or, I'm sorry, uh, Captain Marvel. There you go. Captain Marvel. Oh, uh, she was in a BBC show called Minerva. The Humans that was really good, and she played oh. a humanoid robot. And it is very similar to this role, the way that she plays it, just the curiosity about humanity. It's very cool. Hmm. She's a small wonder. <laughs> um, Richard Madden plays Icarus. He is best known, of course, as Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Um, Kamel- He's also that questionable bodyguard on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> questionable bodyguard. <laughs> they, they, they leaned hard into terrorism, and it ended up being uh, like an anti-Islamic propaganda kind of what did- thing. The Bodyguard, I think, is the show that he was on that mm, like was critically acclaimed and then canceled. Hmm. All right. Um, he was also in 
1917 and Rocket Man. Um, we've got Kamel Nanjani as Kingo. Uh, he, he, he he probably at this point is either best known for the Big Sick or for playing Dinesh in Silicon Valley. Um, yeah. He's he kind of became like low key one of the most famous people in this movie at some point. Somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he uh, he produces a uh, show for Apple um, called... Right now he's on that Chippendales show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Chippendales, yeah. yeah. It's like the manager. Mm-hmm. He's a rescue ranger. Yeah. Little do they know, underneath that three-piece suit, he is still shredded, though. Oh, yeah. He got yeah. so ripped for this movie, and all we see are his very shredded arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he produces a show called Little America, which is just um, it's an anthology show about uh, first generation uh, American immigrants. It's pretty good. Oh, it's all they're all based out. they're all based on a true story too. So they're all like actual people's stories. That's on Apple Plus. Yeah. Right. Um, Leah McHugh as Sprite. Um, she prior to this. Let's see. She was in the lodge. Um, oh, she was in. Um, gosh, hot summer nights. She 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 mostly just did kid roles in kind of like uh, dramas and indie films. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Fastos Fastos, um, probably best known as Paperboy. Um, he was uh, recently in Bullet Train. He was fucking awesome in that. Um, oh, he was in Child, yeah. the 2019 Child's Play, Godzilla versus Kong. He's been in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you read them together as if that relaunch of uh, Child's Play had King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> it's Chucky versus King Kong and Godzilla. Versus Godzilla. <laughs> I think Chucky will take it, honestly. Yeah. Um, Lauren Ridoff. I'm sorry, Ridloff as uh, Makari. Um, let's see. She was in The Walking Dead. Um, probably, I feel like she's probably best known for that. Um, she is an actual deaf actress. Um, so, uh, yeah, probably best known for Walking Dead. Sound of Metal, she was in that. That was a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's always so incredible to watch. She's so fucking expressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Even um, in The Walking Dead, she was really good. Um, I honestly don't remember her from The Walking Dead, but um, season halfway through season she, four, I fell off completely because I was like, I just can't a, do this anymore. She's yeah, like a citizen her. journalist. Mm. Um, and it's and the way that they, they use her is really interesting. She's constantly writing notes to people. Hmm. And she, she came along that can uh, translate. She came along later in the series. Um, I don't think she was there by season four. Yeah. Um, walking Dead, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Barry uh, Keegan played... Uh, uh, which one was he? Druig! <laughs> played Druig. Uh, let's see. He's ooh, he's currently in the Banshees of Inisherin. Um... He was in Dunkirk. Uh, probably almost this- in the Batman. 
Who was he going to be in the Batman? He's the Joker. He's the oh, Joker. Oh, he's the will Joker. Be. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, they took out one of the more interesting. Anyways, we'll get to. That. I mean, he was kind of. He technically was in it, ish. Well, it was in, no, they cut it out. Yeah, it didn't we make just it, saw to the... it because of the internet. No, yeah. no, in the in at the at the in at the post credits wasn't like. Well, if we I didn't. We see I like just the side so, of his face in the cell. I'm usually for wrong. like three seconds. Oh, oh, I guess. But yeah, there was like a whole conversation yeah. between. He's them. talking to the Riddler, but no, yeah. there's a scene. No, he's technically in it. It's like five seconds long. But like, yeah, right. But they removed a very interesting scene. Yeah. Um, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Um, that is his American name, his uh, actual uh, Korean. I want to get this correct. Um, yes, yeah, his actual Korean name is Ma Dong Sok. Um, he's. <laughs> it sounded too Jewish, so he changed <laughs> it for Hollywood. <laughs> uh, um, he's mostly gosh he's he's mostly no, he's mostly done korean films um he's he was uh let's see he was in uh yeah that's korean too i'm having a hard time finding much of any oh he was in the bad guys nope that's south korean um <laughs> Chloe Zhao described him as a Korean action star. Yeah. So I assume that a lot of what he does is action films. Yeah. A lot of Korean action films here. Really? This is, seems to be his, his like first real westernized Western role. Um, Yeah. Um, He also is a uh, amateur arm wrestler and the president (laughs) of the Korean arm wrestling federation. That does not surprise me. His arms are incredible. Yeah. They I are. could not look away from his freaking biceps, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude's got some trunks. Uh, he looks like he bails hay all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I know what you mean. Um, Kit Harrington plays Dane Whitman, uh, best known as Jon Snow. He didn't want it. He didn't get it. Uh, Selma Hayek. <laughs> As Ajak. Uh, Selma Hayek. It's, she's Selma Hayek. Everyone knows who she fucking is. From Dust Till I, Dawn, Desperado. Uh, I watched Dogma two days oh, before Dogma. watching this, and it was oh. so nice to see her as the muse and then yeah. see her as Ajak because they are kind of similar and they're like above all things, but very like curious about mm-hmm. people and love people. Yeah. Passionate, point. you know. Yeah. Um, her, her, her <laughs> this is interesting her biggest grossing film she was ever in spy kids 3d <laughs> doesn't surprise me no, that was her in antonio banderas right yeah exactly yeah. but uh frida was awesome frida was great she's yeah. great as frida yeah um her <laughs> her eyebrow work was incredible <laughs> well yeah um angelina jolie as thena um She's like the most famous actress on earth. I'm not going to go into Angelina Jolie. Is this the first time we've covered her? Have we done anything with her previously? Oh, uh, Hack the Planet. Oh, that's right. On the monthly movie, we talked about her in Hackers. Wow. Wait, did we also do Gone in 60 Seconds? And Gone in 60 Seconds. That's right. (laughs) Two times we've Jolie. Honestly, the more I see her, her jawline is more and more pronounced and it it blows my mind. I don't understand how her body is built like that. Just her jaw and her neck. 
Yeah. It's it, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm assuming there's like uh, medical intervention also involved, but like she has a very unique body shape. Absolutely. I know what you mean. Not to minimize her to her Come body, but the, some of the ways that they shot her, I was like, wow, man, her jaw is just, you could cut glass with it. Absolutely. Um, she, of course, she's it's very actually, pointy. Yeah. Um, of course, she won Best Actress or Supporting Actress for Girl Interrupted, uh, Mrs. or former Mrs. Brad Pitt. You know, it's, an, it's Angelina Jolie. Um, John Voight's uh, daughter. John Voight's daughter. Yeah, she's is she the one that used to buy? She said she used to buy drugs from Snoop Dogg in high school. No, that's Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Okay, um, out there in Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, Crow the Deviant was voiced by Bill Skarsgård. That's the. Uh, <laughs> that's Pennywise. Yeah, but Skarsgård or Skarsgård. Skarsgård. It's a he's he's the Skarsgård. <laughs> All right, so not related to that. Yeah, yeah not Sar- every time I'm confused. Not the SARS guard, but the scars guard. <laughs> the right guard. And of course, um, post credits, we got Harry Styles as Eros, Patton Oswalt as Pip the Troll, and the voice of Mahershala Ali as Blade. Well, we should uh, mention uh, Harish Patel. Uh, oh, was, as uh, a. The valet, oh, yeah, uh, as a yeah. uh, um, Alfred Karun. Yes, Harish Patel. He was, he was. He brought a lot. He he did. He was really good in this. Um, yeah, he did. He's he's an old school Bollywood actor. Been in tons and tons and tons of them. Um, did we miss Sprite? No, no we got Sprite. No, okay. We she hasn't done much, but um, yeah. <laughs> she flittered away. Yeah, I mean, she, she's like quick. She was she's like what nineteen? Yeah, she hasn't she doesn't have a much of a career so far yet. Anyways, yes. um, that about covers it for uh, the film. Of course, it was uh, delayed due to COVID. Um, it, it you know it was indeed uh, an MCU movie <laughs> that they made. Um, it is it is okay. Let's let's touch a little bit on the film making. Um, Chloe Zhao, of course, is well known for uh, making beautiful looking films. She loves landscapes inspired by Terrence Malick. Um, she, she loves uh, filming on location, mm-hmm. like natural sets <laughs> instead of building sets. Yeah, which is appreciated, especially now with how much it's just in a warehouse. The Marvel Universe is in a soundstage. Absolutely. Al's got a great point. She got out there. Not only filming on location, but filming on location during the, what is it called? The magic hour. Yeah. Mm, Yes. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of magic. She loves show business. Um, Yeah. So, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous film. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, Yeah. It's very pretty. So, oh, and the soundtrack is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ramin Jawadi from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, Who... Pre, who That's also cool. uh, did Iron Man, by the yeah. by. Yeah. Um, Both strong themes and, yeah, yeah, scores. Yeah, no, it was a good score. Absolutely. It was a good score. Um, so, yeah, that about covers our background. Um, critically, this movie currently has 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is the lowest MCU film to date. Really? Yep. All right. 
Um, there are a few letterboxed reviews, which I'd like to cover. All right. Uh, Topetal is punk. Writes, Harry Styles, five stars. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Us. Uh, um, Kaday writes, it's like a four-star movie. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> what does that huh. even mean? I love it. That's, That's brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. And on the low end, Papa Papa Penis writes. <laughs> no, <laughs> does he have time to write? Okay. Uh, writes Paperboy is a gay wizard. Half a star. <laughs> Dude, that's five stars alone. Right, five stars for the review. <laughs> it's like he outed a character. <laughs> Is there? Are there any reviews by Vanity Penis or Hefty Penis? <laughs> yeah, which was this doctor? Papa Penis. Papa, <laughs> Papa Penis. He leads all the other penises in Penis Village. Yeah. He's got well, the red hat. Well, don't forget Penis Penisette, the female yeah. penis. I never forget. It's called the clitoris. <laughs> um, and Robo T Rampage writes. <laughs> There's a strong chance that I'm still watching this movie and it will never end. <laughs> Always have been. Promo. Wait, half a star for that? Half a star. Eternals I'm grateful is a, that I'm still watching it. Eternals is a flat circle. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's about it for our uh, for our background on this. Guys, you ready to go ahead and jump into the movie itself? Yes. All right, here we go. Insert catchy catchphrase. (laughs) Roll the scroll. This is Eternals. We open with a paragraph of text explaining the basic premise of the film. We're off to a good start, fellas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, this, this is like biblical. They're introducing an epic tale. I like it. I like it too. And I remember being shocked subtle. in the theater, being like, whoa, what the hell? There's a rolling page of text in a Marvel movie? What is this? I thought it was great the first time I saw it. Little, little Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of the, like the scroll. Yeah, sure. Um, it's efficient and comfortable. We're used to it as an audience. It sets us up for a comfortable lie. Yeah. Also. Mm. I, like, I like that. That's well, and true. It ends, and it ends with some ambiguity because we get the like, and then things change. It does. Yeah. But yeah, Al's, Al's, as Al points out, like it's, it's the action, it is misleading. It is the official story, but it's not what's actually happening too. But I think also an extension of that is it quickly sets up that both the Deviants and the Eternals are our mythology. Yeah. They're, they're the supposed spacemen that visited ancient man and they're the, the, the creatures right. they're the you know, angels there be monsters Cl- chloe yeah, zhao literally did, chloe zhao did say that one of her um inspirations for them was ancient aliens oh yeah, I'm totally sure. yeah i'm sure but like al said that's that's a big lie that they give you right away as well and we accept it like oh okay that's part of where our mythologies come from yeah 
Um, so yeah, we Carry get, on. we're told Ereshem is the main celestial. Deviants are bad monsters. Eternals are good guys. Uh, we cut to the Eternals arriving on Earth in 5000 BC. All right, we got Ajax, Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Phaestos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh, Thena, uh, <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Professor and Marianne. Justin Timberlake, <laughs> Nick Lachey. Um, As the wastebasket. So it's, it's established that the humans know about the deviants. They're aware of them. They're coming. They shout as they like, yeah. come out of the ocean. His so, warning is dead. Who's, uh, yeah. They're not surprised by them necessarily. No. Like, they, they've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. They, they, they're they, there first. They fight the deviants. They make friends with the humans. And then we get our credit sequence set to time from Dark Side of uh, the Moon. The object that she hands him, the knife that she picks up and like turns into gold and uh, the, the obsidian uh, knife that turns into bronze. Yeah. yeah. That is the oldest Sumerian artifact known to man. It is ah. the oldest object that we have found. Interesting. Oh. And it's uh and it's at, actually at the British Museum, because where else would that of course right. yeah. history be? Oz now. Pindus. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically kickstarting the Bronze Age is the idea there. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah, we get uh then we get some Pink Floyd. We cut to London. In Which the- was cool. Yeah, no, I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, Absolutely. That was a, yeah. It's growing on me. It It's such an obvious choice. At first, when I was in the theater, I was like, why this song? It's so obvious. Because, you know, normally a needle drop is something that's a little more obscure. Mm-hmm. But the more I watch it, I'm like, this makes sense, though. I, I get it. I get it why does. it's that song. Absolutely. And, it's, it's, and, a co- it's a cosmic song. It's thematically, you know. Sorry. Yeah. It, and then they drop into London. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we cut to London in present day. Cersei is a professor dating a human <laughs> um, named Dane. <laughs> uh, Cersei and Sprite live together there in London. We get an earthquake. Uh, well, his name is Dane Whitman. If you do know Marvel Comics, then that's already a clue. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was it was one of those moments where like be excited something is coming from this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're gonna we're gonna see Kit Harrington again, Abs- even if it's not in Eternals, even if he doesn't want it. Yeah, he's contractually <laughs> obligated. I don't to want it. Back up. I don't want it. Um, yes. So um, that night, the three of them go out to a bar for Dane's birthday. Uh, afterwards, on the way home. They get attacked by a deviant. It's crew. Uh, Icarus arrives and fights the creature, runs away. And we learn that Icarus and Cersei used to date. They, they also established that uh, Sprite wants human like contact. She wants love and affection. She's trying yeah. to talk to the guy, but she can't be physical with somebody because she looks like a kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's forever a child. Um, 21 <laughs> forever 21 <laughs> um it was interesting that the how, well i guess we'll we'll get, we'll get to it when we get to it um uh we cut to the past they're fighting the monsters in babylonia icarus and cersei hook up 
they get married, I guess, in India. And then we get to know the personalities of each Eternal a little bit, or at least the one-sentence version. Um, um, before that, uh, before we left London, um, Cersei established with Dane because he asked, why didn't you fight Thanos? Um, which, right. if you missed that 30 seconds, was an unanswered question. Like, where have you been? And she says that the Eternals can't intervene unless deviants are involved. Yeah. They're only allowed to fight deviants. Also, the blooper reel of uh, Kit Harrington saying Thanos is the funniest (laughs) shit ever. It's Thanos, 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 Thanos. He says it like six times, and every time just fuck, fuck, messing it up. It's hilarious. (laughs) One one time he's like, Myrtle, wait, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name? Titus? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, in the present, the uh, three Eternals go to South Dakota to reunite with Ajak, their leader. They find <laughs> the her- most barren, uh, sorry, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, De- yeah. Decrepted Cheerio farm. Wait, I, I think before that, um, in the past, um, I liked uh, the scene with Fastos. Uh, he's like inventing the steam engine uh, mm-hmm. for these people who have only had the wheel for a couple of decades or yeah. a few hundred so. years, they said, or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple of centuries. Uh, but he's trying to introduce the steam engine and he gets shut down and he's disappointed. That he's, okay. How about a plow? Yeah. <laughs> I a also like the. Dirt. It plows dirt. <laughs> then I'll stand around and wait. <laughs> um, I like they set up that Sprite actually is the the storyteller. Mm. You know, told the tales of um, Icarus because he could fly. He can fly. So, like, she's <laughs> and, uh, the first. I she's the first uh, m- movie director. That's true. Well, yeah, and she's, so yeah, like producer. you said, a muse or a, you know whispers in the ear. This is one of my favorite things that they do, like retconning history. Her stylistic gold, sparkly, whatever is is the way that we view like ancient astronomy maps and things like mm-hmm. that. The way that she shows creatures fighting, they look like star maps. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Which is where the storyteller, our first storytellers. Babylon also sets up that uh, Makari is a thief. She yeah. likes oh. to run around and steal artifacts. Yeah, yeah, and, and she's looking for an emerald tablet. Yes. I forget what that object is. It's a really specific thing from history. It's an unfound thing. I'll hmm. look it up while we talk. Um, so, yeah, uh, they find Ajak is dead. Uh, Cersei gets chosen by Ajak to be the new head Eternal. Um, she gets the ability to communicate with Erishem. They decide to... Get together with the rest of the Eternals. We're putting the band back together. It's totally that vibe. It's a mission from God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, we cut to Central America, 1541. A <laughs> good time for all. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, the Eternals are killing off the last of the Deviants. They fight about what the future of a human should be, how much they should interfere in their development. Then Thena goes crazy and starts attacking the other Eternals. Um, Ajax. She, she gets the mad weary. <laughs> that that chick is mad weary, yo. <laughs> 
like Chloe Zhao in the director's commentary kept saying like that. Yeah, she's mad weary. It was really funny. <laughs> she mad weary. Is obviously in on the joke. Yeah. Oh, the Emerald Tablet is known as the Smaragdine Tablet or the Tabula Smaragdina. Um, it's a right. compact and cryptic hermetic text. Hmm. Um, it was highly regarded by Islamic and European alchemists as the foundation of their art. Huh. So it's an alchemy. Thing. Ah, huh. interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Athena go, gets the mad weary. Ajax wants to take her back to the ship and erase her memory, which she says will cure her, but Gilgamesh doesn't want her memory and personality to go away. So he Well, agrees. Athena doesn't want it either. Yeah, no, right. and neither does Athena. Full factory so, reset. Yeah, so he agrees to just take her away and watch over her. The Eternals, after arguing, go their separate ways. Uh, Druig, he he wants to end conflict, and he does so right here. He's just like, "You kill me if if you don't want me to." Right, like, you're gonna have to kill me, and he like leads off uh, the Aztecs and Spaniards that he just uh, yeah. Uh, hypnotized yeah. essentially yeah and it's interesting the choices he makes as we see him later even more questionable if you ask me but look at mm, that. yeah uh we cut to the present the three eternals travel to india they pick up kingo who is a bollywood star his valet karun who knows they're all eternals they tell him and reads DC comic books. Yes, yeah. For someone there, does they because they're mentioned twice? Mm -hmm. Superman and then also Alfred Batman's valet. Yeah. Also, this musical is recounting Icarus's uh, exploits. He's wearing an Icarus costume. Yeah. They're singing about him being able to fly oh. and stuff. It, it's That's called the awesome. uh, it's called the legend or called Legend of Icarus uh, <laughs> in Hindi. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh. Oh, in Hindi. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, so, I was all laughing at myself. Yeah. So they they tell him what's going on. They all travel together to Australia to get Gilgamesh and Thena, who live there together on another <laughs> another dirt farm. Yeah, on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, so Gilgamesh answers the door in a robe, or not in a robe, in a in an apron, right? Yeah. Uh huh. He's baking a pie. He's yep. baking a pie. Do you remember what the apron says on it? Kiss the cook, oh, right? It says kiss the cook. Mm -hmm. Kiss the cook was not printed, sewn, or physically on that fabric object. They added kiss the cook in post. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and they were discussing in the director's commentary. Yeah, it's interesting because you have to add, you know, the text, the way the text moves on the wrinkles and in the sunlight. It's just... Instead of just screen printing, kiss the cook on a fucking physical object. Or going to Bed Bath and Beyond oh, and grabbing my one. My God, it is the most egregious use of CGI I, mean, I have ever seen. Oh my God, in a movie that is like, oh my, just because they didn't realize they needed a funny saying on it, like they didn't know which funny saying they wanted, and so they yeah, went for the they Bed Bath and Beyond multiples, yeah. probably. Yep. Oh my god! All those committee decisions. Some dude spent like forty-seven hours <laughs> CGI in that. Yeah, man. Got paid really awesomely. It's fascinating, but also troubling in its own weird way. <laughs> Absolutely troubling. <laughs> That that like is so many things. That is Absolutely. where we are in filmmaking. All right. Um, so Cersei contacts Arishem, 
who tells her the truth. The Eternals are actually there to prepare Earth for the emergence. Uh, For millions of years, he's been planting the seeds of celestials inside planets, where the energy from large populations allows new celestials to be born. The Deviants were sent to destroy... Uh, the apex predators of each planet to ensure the development of intelligent life. But when the deviants evolved and began hunting the planet's native population, Ereshem created the Eternals to kill the deviants. Um, with the reversal of the blip, Earth has reached the necessary population for the birth of the celestial Tiamat, which will result in Earth being destroyed. So, did you guys notice the interior of the World Forge? what the walls are made of. Mm -mm. There are domos, their ship. Mm. Those little triangles make the entire interior dome of the ship. It is a detail that I missed on every rewatch until the last one. And I just went, oh my God, that's the spaceships. They're everywhere. So So cool. So there's like thousands and thousands of them. Yes. So I... Cool. suspect we will be getting a lot more of the Eternals at some point, and they'll probably destroy that thing. Well, probably. I mean, and of course we discover that, you know, Earth is the special planet. <laughs> of course. Always. Of course. <laughs> yeah. We're going to save this town. Um, yeah. You guys have heard the fan theories, right? About like, well, not even a theory, but Thanos, like low-key trying to stop emergences from happening yeah. is what yeah. is what his pursuit was his blinded altruism anyway yeah uh <laughs> being a titan and his brother being an eternal he knew what it took yeah and his maybe father that's was what a, took titan down his father was an eternal right who who retired or something i don't know i don't remember the he said he part. had deviant genes that's why he was uh, purple Mm, yeah, with the nutsack on his chin. <laughs> um, so yeah, they decide they want to delay the emergence or put Tiamat to sleep. Um, they get together and uh, they're going to get back t- together with the rest of the Eternals. <laughs> Sundown, sun's getting real low, Tiamat. <laughs> um, uh, before we get too far away from it, I, I wanted to mention uh, uh, two things. Uh, Thena was drawing. Um, uh, she was painting pictures of uh, Arishem mm. or an eternal um, the, with the six eyes, the six eye head um, and uh, the destruction of Centauri six, which, uh, which she had apparently been on before, but nobody remembered. Um, mm-hmm. they, they figured out also um, Gilgamesh as the big baby Gilgamesh. <laughs> was a cute moment yeah yeah and him saying i'm a big baby was hilarious (laughs) oh i get it i'm a big baby (laughs) yeah uh um so yeah they arrive at uh druig's cult in the amazon rainforest (laughs) well that's what i was gonna say commune yeah right like even though technology he stopped technology at his whim with these people it seems you know what i mean like they have ju- they have just as much technology as say a mennonite community in central america which exists that they have but yeah it's 2021 yeah i don't know i feel like he continued to manipulate his control over these oh, people I, absolutely. kept them amazonian i'm putting giant quotes yeah i 
so the way that I interpreted the, his relationship with them is that they consent to him controlling them so that they can like, and that may be with him. But why keep him in a certain point? You know, like fastest he he was jumping the gun. But now it's 2021 and they're, you know, hand washing their laundry and they're, they're acting like a cult in the. <laughs> it gave me Jonestown vibes. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, his control was strange. Whether it was voluntary on their part or not, he made decisions. And I found them questionable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he'd been protecting this village for 20 generations. Um, yeah. that That's not arguing a point necessarily but right he'd been there for so long uh they do have guns right that's what i mean there's some picking and some choosing then there's their little chapel that you know it looks mm-hmm. like it's guarded by you know gorilla yeah. soldiers no it was creepy it was a cult vibe absolutely yeah they were probably growing cocaine or something oh <laughs> yeah um so anyways ayahuasca yeah um, tourists <laughs> there they get attacked by the deviants. Uh, they kill all the deviants except for Crow, who kills Gilgamesh and then turns into a humanoid and starts talking. Um, and- I love the little details uh, throughout the movie. And this, uh, there was one of them uh, when they were talking in the church. Athena uh, is just petting an iguana. Oh. Um, calmly while uh, Gilgamesh is falling asleep. I love that he is sleeping on her. Their relationship is my favorite part of this whole thing, besides Makari and Druid. Yeah. They're a neat little buddy picture. Yeah. For a while. Um, so, yeah, they. Uh, uh, Crow kills Gilgamesh, then runs away. Uh, they have a funeral for Gilgamesh. They decide they're going to go get Fastos. But first, we get a flashback of how sad Hiroshima made him. Um, uh, they, they took great pains to reenact the mushroom cloud and the like destruction realistically. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. I can't think of a, a better example of the bombing that existed prior to this. Well, I mean, uh, Logan, or I'm sorry, uh, it's <laughs> Wolverine, it's, the first, uh, whatever. It's not, it's not nearly <laughs> as realistic as this one is though. Like the sound, the scope of it. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like. The, the color and all of that. We're going to get a better de- depiction of it in Nolan's uh, Oppenheimer movie, I guarantee it. But like oh, this, I would hope. But... This is the best one I've seen on screen that isn't animated. Like, what's it, Barefoot Jen and then the other uh, Miyazaki one. I can't think but, of But, yeah, um, American culture has... Um, uh, fire, fire, what is it, Firefly, something like that? Ghost of the Fireflies. Yes, that's it, yes. Um, but yeah, those were very realistic depictions of it. Whereas this, you know, using all of this Marvel money, they made it look, it, it was chilling. I thought <laughs> this is a weird complaint to have about this movie. I don't think they spent enough time in that moment. I for it to land. found it a little manipulative and kind of gross to use that incredibly terrible moment in human history as a personal uh, it, as a personal um, growth moment for a fictional character. I don't disagree because the brevity of it. You know, if they had had him being 
part of the development of the weapon and going there or something. But just having him there crying was weird. Well, don't they? I think they imply that something he introduced led, you know, that that's. Yeah. We already understood that was his character. Um, no, maybe I, he jumped. Maybe he did jump the gun like he almost did the steam engine. Maybe he didn't. But it's a you know we it's established that he's behind technological advances. Yeah, and he may not have split the atom himself, but he feels it's, responsible. It's yeah. such an important part he, of history. He's the weapons forger. Mythologically, I, I just I don't think that they handled it with as much reverence as they could have. I because. I, because it's only like 20 seconds. I don't think it I I found the whole thing gross. It cuz it is an extraordinarily dark moment in modern history in human yeah. history and I don't I it's it's to, to use it to tell us why this fake comic dude is sad. <laughs> yeah. I found gross. I found Well, it and gross. I I think there are ways to do it that, yes, that are no more gross than, than Godzilla. Yeah. Or, well, but or, no, no, no. That's Logan. a Japanese creation. That was a a a, a reaction to that, like yeah. that a cultural yeah, I reaction. But it's still, we, we sure took it pretty fast. We took well, and it over. Well, okay, whereas fair, fair. Logan Logan made it an action sequence, which sucks. <laughs> which was super gross. Yeah. But this this thing they were trying to do it. I just don't think they did it well enough. Like there should have there like there should have been more to it than just here he is sad. Here's Ajax helping him work it work it out. We could linger on this for a while, but yeah, I, I, I agree, but also, yeah, I, I think there are ways to make it fit. Um, so anyways, they decide that in order to, um, oh, they're going to go back to the ship, the Domo there, they find Makari who's been catching up on her reading. She, um, she's just been hanging out on the ship for centuries, uh, in order mm -hmm. Did, did we mention uh, Bastos's uh, family in Chicago? That's right. We get visit Fastos at his suburban home in Chicago with his husband and son. Um, and from there, they go with Fastos to uh, the Domo on the ship. Um, Which was touching because he, he gave up on humanity, but then, like, found humanity. He, he found solace in humanity. Yeah. Yeah. After whatever he did between 1945 and uh, what was it, 46? When did we drop it? Anyways, yeah. um, the on the Domo um, and a lot of the design with Circe and things, um, I'm, I'm talking visually, looked like Ego's um, planet mm. and Ego's ship and stuff. He he is a celestial as well. Yeah. But, um, if, the the um, hive looking designs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. the honeycomb. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the and honeycomb. That's what I'm. That's the yeah, little, yes. the little white mushroom cave. It kind yeah. of reminded me of ego. Little too. weird ecosystems that are not. Yeah. Yeah. Like ter like terrariums, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's advanced technology that we don't understand, which was kind right. of what they were getting at it's with from somewhere like, else. Yeah. And they they talked about uh, the design of uh, Arishim's eyes. And mm. they wanted, they didn't know how to like, because we've seen celestials in the MCU, but we haven't seen them up close like this. They wanted mm -hmm. them to evoke like minerals. Hmm. Um, but the eyeballs of Arishim are designed around Russian uh, mines. Oh. So like oh, those surface big strip giant mining. pit. Yeah, yeah those, those pit mines. Those mm. like, yeah, straight to hell ones. But yeah. it's like they don't, they don't know the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Um, so yeah, they uh, decide they're going to stop the emergence, Fastos, 
says they can do the Unimind. It will form a connection between all the Eternals, which would give Druig enough power to put Tiamat to sleep with his mind control powers. But however, at that point, Icarus reveals that he already knew about the emergence. Um, Ajax told him a long time ago, and when Ajax told him that she wanted to stop the emergence, he used the six de- days ago. Yeah, six days ago. <laughs> yeah, he led her. It's been a whirlwind week. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> he led her to uh, some deviants that were frozen in a glacier that melted. Um, apparently, um, apparently, climate change is also <laughs> the fault of the emergence. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, I just hope I can which, get tickets. Which is the fault of uh, humans. That's true. The uh, emergence is caused by humans. The emergence causes climate change. Thus, humans cause climate change. <laughs> Pick up a book, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fasto should have been more depressed that uh, he helped create plastic bags and those six-pack right. rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 4chan. Um, to, <laughs> to be with. fair, he didn't create everything. No, uh, yeah, that's true. But, he's, but he, I bet he created the bag. Well, plastic <laughs> and then we bags brought were, it to its logical end. Plastic bags were his biggest regret. He's yeah. like, "Hey, ancient man, it's yeah. a messenger bag." So yeah, Icarus uh, is not going to help them. He's uh, <laughs> in fact going to stop them. Sprite yeah. joins Icarus because she's in love with him. Oh, did we miss the Peter Pan thing? The Peter Pan story is Icarus and Sprite. Like, oh yeah, Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah, Uh yeah. Yeah, Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. That is one of the many. Yes, yeah, Sprite. Which she, it's it's implied she actually inspired the story too. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about early on. Yeah, a lot of these stories they came from her. Um, She's amused, right? Like yeah. a little sprite. Yeah. yeah. But um, I love that uh, Icarus is not from Krypton yeah. <laughs> because he immediately gives us Superman vibes. Oh, the he's hell. the most Superman. Like, I got dude my around. got my own agenda. I'm gonna eye beam this shit. No, I'm no, gonna float he's, down. He's a traditionally handsome, dark-haired man who shoots fire from his eyes and can fly. <laughs> like, and is super strong. Yeah. And I'm, has his own version of the greater good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. But he, see, he doesn't. He doesn't fly with an arm out like the Heisman Trophy. He flies with his arms behind him. It's totally different. You guys. And he doesn't wear a cape. That's, That's yeah. Cavill style, yeah. though, right? No, he doesn't wear a cape. He makes that clear. He does not wear a cape. Yeah, yeah. his flying pose Even is very really, like chilly, gentlemanly. Like he's like at like when a military soldier is at ease with their hands behind their back. Mm. That's what it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of. I was like, why is he so like? relaxed while also not relaxed at the same if time you, if you could fly yeah that's yeah. how you would eventually be you'd be less showy you'd just yeah. fly up to the cabinet get some cookies fly back down um so yeah uh kingo chooses to leave and not interfere or, or help he's he's switzerland um because he because he agrees with uh icarus's philosophy but he also doesn't want to hurt his family. He right, like, doesn't like, you know. Yeah. He it's he attacks Icarus just like you don't you don't hurt your family. Um so he just walks away like I I don't agree with what you're doing, but I'm not going to fight you. He's you like in Fast and the Furious. 
you had mentioned the character uh, in the comics choosing not to use his powers and choosing to use a sword. And I wonder if they, they decided to have Kingo be the one to abstain from violence on either side because of that. Um, but yeah, Chloe Zhao talked about it in the director's commentary. She's like, we wanted to have somebody who, uh, what do you call that? A conscientious, conscientious objector. objector. Yeah. Um, which, you know, a lot of people, think what of faster as, people think of that as cowardice or whatever, but that's like an active choice to make. And it's interesting because it's such a complex decision considering family and his duty on the other side. Yeah. Um, I love this as a thing. People, I, I, I saw a lot of people complaining about this as a cop out. I'm like, no, there are 10 of them. At least let one of them be a conscientious objector. Jeez. Yeah. No, I like that they all had their own agendas. I did appreciate that, that they definitely allowed them all to, to just, they, they weren't a unified force. But yeah, his, and his character was definitely mom and dad are fighting. It didn't wind up with five versus five, which would have just, I could have, would have made me sick, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a civil war part two or whatever. Yeah. Or part because, three, I guess, because there was a real civil war before the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because Icarus was so powerful, you needed like almost everybody to go up against him. Right. Um, so you my- the Flash. Oh, got it. <laughs> you <laughs> the- needed- <laughs> yeah, to fight Superman, you need the Flash. You need the- yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of Aquamans. Yeah. And the rest. <laughs> Here. On Stanley's Isle. Um, Makari locates the place of the emergence. It's an active volcano in the Indian Ocean where Icarus and Sprite will a- attempt to stop them. Druig knocks out Sprite. Fastos restrains Icarus. Crow the Deviant shows up and uh, spends some time fighting Thena. Um, she eventually kills him. Druig is unable to put Tiamat to sleep. Instead, Cersei attempts to turn him into marble. Icarus breaks free of his restraints. He goes to kill Cersei, but he can't do it because he loves her. Um, um, we we didn't mention it because it happens so quickly. But um, in the villa, in the uh, jungle, when she's fighting the deviants, she turns a deviant into a tree, yeah. which was the first time she had ever done that, like organic material to organic material kind of thing. Yeah, and so. that she had turned something like with power, like a non-earth thing, too. Well, yeah, like she oh, that's a good point. Rock yeah. to water, water to wood, wood to you know. So yeah, yeah, technically those are living things, but it was the first time she, we saw her take a living creature, yeah, turn it into another living thing. That's interesting. The point making about it, it a nerd. The tree being a living thing, though, because I I didn't even consider like, wait, she did it with the tree though. Tree is you alive. can even still see parts of the deviant in the tree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's head. It's like head. Yeah. It was a weird uh John Carpenter it looking um, thing. In this moment when Icarus is like uh being all weepy and can't decide if he wants to kill his girlfriend or not, um, the music that plays, there were a number of themes that they that they designed to to kind of show the relationships between characters rather than give each character a unique theme. You get like a love theme and then like a brotherly, you know, kinship theme. And there's like a action theme. And then there's the Eternals overall broad theme. But the love theme that they play as he's remembering all their shit is the oldest written love song Mm. that 
humanity has recorded. And it's a, I think it's a Babylon. When a man loves song. a woman. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had him sing the melody. They should have uh, had Michael Bolton <laughs> standing to the side singing it. For my money, that's as good as it gets. Yes. In fact, Spike my favorite 50s doo op group was the Eternals. <laughs> show dope. Show me. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like the knife, we also get these these callbacks to actual human history. They're not just creating it whole cloth. They're, so, they're Brian, how old was history. this song? Uh, 4,000 yeah, years old or something. They found it inscribed Dang. somewhere uh, if it's, in like a an, an early form of tablature or whatever. If, it, if it's <laughs> the one I'm thinking of, you can actually hear it played on old instruments, not 4,000-year-old instruments, but old old instruments on YouTube. Yeah. Um, someone played it, uh, and there are there are large leaps to get to like what it what it is now. But it's it's pretty neat that that was what uh, Jawadi pulled from to create this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, yeah, uh, everybody does the Unimine, including Icarus and Sprite. <laughs> when in Rome, uh, Cersei gains. <laughs> Come on, really baby, fun. do the Unimine now. Come on. Did that happen? It's like a key um, When in Rome, though. Yeah. They they were in Rome. Well, Ancient yeah. Rome. Yes. I love it. That's what, uh, So uh, Cersei turns Tiamat into marble. Icarus, guilt-ridden, flies into the sun. <laughs> you could say he got a little too close to the sun. Just a, a scooch. And his name scooch. is Icarus. Do you see what they did there? Uh, yeah, this is the one thing in the movie that I, I'm glad he's gone. But it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Well, they, At least he all... did it to himself and didn't get like. Oh, right. well, I mean, that was the point of the, the Icarus sun. myth is he did it to himself. Yeah. But he like intentionally did it to himself. Right. He's an egomaniac. I think they portrayed that. He's just yeah. low key. <laughs> he doesn't scream, <laughs> but he's an egomaniac. How else is a, uh, an eternal going to kill himself? Yeah. Fair. Uh, yeah. With, so, yeah. With another eternal. I don't know. Hit a guy with another guy hard enough. <laughs> what? You can only subtract by addition. Only, only with eternals. <laughs> Two eternals make eternals. a negative eternal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to hit one with another one. Um, so Cersei offers to turn Sprite human. She takes her up on that offer. Because she still has the Unimind power, um, so that she can grow up and be a real girl. So, did we explain the mechanics of the Unimind thing? So, it cuts them off from their ability to use the Unimind to heal themselves. So, they are continuously, or to use the cosmic energy to heal themselves. So, they are continuously drawing in more power. And then, by connecting themselves, they can all put all that excess power into an individual one of them yeah i like that it's it's convoluted but i like it because it's convoluted but not too it's not like a crazy clockwork design no it's pretty straightforward as far as this kind of <laughs> wackety bullshit goes which that every, yeah. every <laughs> movie has every movie has yeah, that's not right, a yeah, yeah. i love lots there of are lots. three steps yeah. instead of it being two steps yeah. you no. know i love tons of movies wackety bullshits it's great <laughs> yeah we all bought into back to the future so it was downhill yeah. from that yeah yes um so yeah uh Let's see, Thena, Druig, and Makari uh, leave Earth in the Domo to find more Eternals. 
and warn them of the emergence. Uh, Cersei, Phaestos, and Kingos stay on Earth, uh, along, of course, with uh, Sprite, who is now a human. Uh, Dane tells Cersei he loves her, and he's about to tell her a deep, dark secret about his family. <laughs> when all of a sudden, <laughs> she gets, uh, he gets left behind. Um, yeah. Well, Erisham appears. Erisham appears, yeah. And takes people them into space. Him. Again, I feel like this isn't it, something people were talking about enough in later. <laughs> yeah. Like, remember when I that six-eyed... She-Hulk, right? Like, do you remember when that Lovecraftian six-eyed giant showed up in the sky? What was up with but that? I, but, I mean, we get the same kind of thing with, like, the Battle of New York, where it's briefly mentioned, like... Yeah. multiple movies later you know it's like on a newspaper clipping marvel's always kind of been like that this is just their universe is terrible to live in oh no i totally accept that but it's like throw was saying just in conversation it took a little while before it was like tiamat is sticking out of the ocean. yeah yeah <laughs> um how cool did it look uh, to have arishan in the sky it looked pretty cool it made me very uncomfortable that that was one of those moments where like the scale of a thing really hurt my brain. I was yes, yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say that like it it proved that Galactus can be done and yes. should be done. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, a good friend of mine. You guys uh, may know Cody from the music store. Uh, he is a big Galactus fan. He has Galactus tattoos and stuff. And that was oh, his my. one. That was his one big takeaway from this movie. He's like, I didn't like the movie, but I'm ready to see Galactus in space, man. I'm ready to see him peeking up over the horizon and talking. yeah you're right it, it can look menacing they finally are able to because instead of him just like being over the clouds like he's the lion well, king and, <laughs> and, and and the clouds just disappearing from because of the force of him just appearing in right. that space um did anybody else watch this with like a decent sound system or with headphones on because the sound design of Arishim was honestly the coolest part of this movie's like sound design, just his voice. Oh, he sounded I had to cool. Yeah, I had to turn off my snare drum on my drum set because it just kept rattling, <laughs> even at low volume. They had like cranked up all of the lowest frequencies in this voice, and just everything was the shaking. I Erishem as a design was fucking awesome in this movie. I loved Erishem absolutely. Um, oh, you look good. Um, so, yeah, he uh, tells them that he'll spare humanity if the Eternals' memories show that humans are worthy of living. He'll return to judgment at a later date. <laughs> um, the hearing will be postponed. Yeah. Um, credits roll. And in a mid-credits scene, Athena, Makari, and Druig flying out in space meet Eros and Pip the Troll. They're going to help them do stuff or something. Ah, they're here. They're here for a future uh, adventure. In the comic, they interact with Adam Warlock, who is up and coming. Yeah, so. Guardians this, Three. This yeah. may this may all come together in ways that we are not expecting. I um, hope so, right? I really hope so. I hope that Adam Warlock finds his. Isn't way that why we do this? Right. <laughs> hey, since um, you mentioned uh, Arishim and his voice, uh, I looked him up. Uh, David K was the uh, the voice. Of oh Arishem. yeah, I failed to mention that in production. Um, Megatron. Be- Megatron from Transformers oh. Beast Wars uh, okay. and Cringer from uh, the uh, 20 from the new He-Man cartoon. Huh. 
All right. <laughs> Weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then post credits, uh, Dane opens up a case containing a sword and an the un- ebony sword, the ebony blade. Yes. And an unseen yeah, person says, are you ready? Are you ready, ready, <laughs> or, ready to are, rock are you, What does he say? Are you sure you want to do that? Mr. Whitman? Yeah. I think there's something like that. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that felt more tacked on than anything in this whole movie. Um, I'm glad that he was throughout the movie and that Sprite says, is that the Ebony Blade? But man, this just felt like tacked on because this is going to come out. And wh- when is Blade even going to happen? They they scrapped well, and- the script they had and started over like at uh, yeah. like uh, but like six months ago or something. Well, Dane is a character called the Black Knight, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he may appear elsewhere before he's even with blade who knows yeah yeah i could see that happening i could see blade even appearing in other things before the yes. movie because of you know how long it's taking them to get it off the well, ground yeah yeah they got to get him onto the fire at some point didn't they make that decision recently where yeah where feige said we're not getting rid of she hulk but she's not getting a second season like we're realizing some of these characters even though they could carry a series don't need to yeah. Right, a they lot. just need to be part of the universe. Yeah, we right. just want these. They characters. can bring them in and out, like Daredevil uh, start, is starting to be. Yeah, I think that the special feature will take the place of a lot of uh, I possible so. uh, series because yeah. it would be fun to have a She-Hulk versus the Marvel Universe or something. You know, mm. even a Marvel a Zombies. You know, after yeah. Werewolf by Night, we yeah, I love the special presentations. So, yeah. yeah, thank thank you. Special presentation, such a better name than special feature. Yeah. I think that's it because yeah, it reminds me of the old school like when there what the CBS one used to. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, special presentations like the uh, Man Wolf. What was that? Werewolf by well, Night. Werewolf by Night. And yeah. then the um, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was cute. Um, I got a couple unanswered questions. <laughs> Why did they all have different accents in prehistory? I know they could have developed those accents because they were all Earth accents. Some of them were Scottish, some were British, some were American. Um, so I just that's appreci- where those accents came from. <laughs> those Boom. English accents go. came from them. From those people. I'm just glad that Crow, the like head deviant, did not have a British accent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Bill's voice, anyways. Pennywise was, woof. but yeah, thank goodness he wasn't <laughs> a British villain as we so love. I just wish they hadn't killed that character off at the end. I think that that was a weak use of Crow. Oh yeah, super. Like, well, some, question, some people like, believe that a crow's soul is uh, <laughs> never. No, it was like a dark elf level of like old of like lame villain killing off stuff. He Same should have here. made a convincing argument to fight Icarus with them. You know, that I thought that's what was going to happen. Like I thought he was going to yeah. join them, and it was yeah, uneasy ally thing. But um, and that would have been what drove Druig away or something. You mm-hmm. know, like I could see those things working out differently. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, and this one isn't really an unanswered question about this movie per se. But um, so uh, how pissed off would Erisham have been at Ego if his plan had come to fruition? Yeah. He was going to destroy Earth, too. Yeah. He wanted to spread those all throughout the universe, or galaxy, or however he put it. But yeah. Huh. 
yeah, it makes me. There are so many questions that we have to go back and ask because of this movie. But yeah, how is that why Ego was being so sneaky and just planting a little seed everywhere, like to be undetected? Well, and they, you know, they quickly explained away why they didn't interfere with Thanos. But why didn't the Celestials interfere with Thanos more? Like it's yeah. strange. Yeah, that is odd. Because they needed population for emergence, not just on Earth and, anywhere. And Thanos as a relation to Eternals must have been known by the Celestials. It's not like he was flying under the radar. He wasn't exactly oh. low-key this Thanos he was the dude. Yeah. Mad Titan. Yeah. yeah. Did the uh, did the Celestials appear in the Infinity Gauntlet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the comics? 100%. Uh, yes. They were in the what do they call that? The Pantheon of uh, of beings, yeah. yeah. Um, there was yeah. Infinity, or I mean Eternity. Not, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. They were there. The, we saw the big, them in the a, big dudes showed up. Yeah, and there's like a lot. There's a line of them. Also, they destroy themselves trying to fight Thanos. Mm, like it's yeah. a great shot of now knowing the scale. It's interesting. We see some in Love and Thunder, in the Hall of the Gods and stuff when they the ship goes by them. They're yeah. standing outside looking through the windows. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Nowhere was the uh, skull right. of a celestial. Yeah, that's yep, right. That's right. Yeah. Which I'm they excited now own. to see the, the breadth of celestials and their personalities. I mean, we're not going to get like personalities per se, but like Erishim's the boss man. He's daddy. Mm-hmm. But like the two that were outside the Hall of the Gods, they seem to be kind of curious... Yeah, and and have personality, you know, because we see them leaping and peering in. It's it's different. Yeah, well, they're representatives, you know what I mean? Like the whole, it was the hall, so it's like you know, some of them were the major gods, some of them were minor gods, and yeah, yeah we saw. Like, so you're right, like these stuff. these two were sent, maybe. Yeah, like, you guys go check it out. They're like, yeah, <laughs> and they're like oh, Tiamat. Well, they were well, look, uh, so so when Tiamat, uh, if he had emerged. Uh, would he be like baby celestial? Do they yeah. have a growing period? Do they have a, a growth? <laughs> like, do they go through puberty? Celestial <laughs> puberty? Celestial babies. <laughs> oh, I for, um, we forgot to mention that uh, they mentioned that. Uh, was it Kingo or someone? Someone Thor? They used to hang out with Thor when Thor was a kid. They like babysat oh, him. Oh, yes. uh, that was Kingo. It was Kingo. And. Yeah. And uh, what's his face? Uh, the punchy guy. Who's his? What's his Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh fought with Odin, Odin. in Tonsberg. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that Loki, because there's sprites very Loki-like. Mm. Kingo's kind of Loki-like. There are Power-wise, lots of ways. Drew it, but Drew takes himself too seriously. Yeah. There are lots of ways to bring these characters in and other. But, you know, you could. Well, that's what. Well, like he said, he hung around him when he was a kid. You can just picture that. Yeah, like throwing the Norse mythology in there. We don't need to see it, but you can picture it. It's fun. Yeah, like I, I could see Loki and and Sprite having little like magic duels when he was younger and she was alive. <laughs> she wasn't younger. Yeah, she <laughs> did. Uh, oh, did we mention that she keeps calling uh, the the valet young man? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's. Cute. I loved that. That was cute. Oh, um, a stupid detail, but I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's like just 70 years is nothing to her. Yeah, oh, God, nothing. Um, her, him, uh, they, they. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, are we ready to go ahead and rank this thing? Yes. 
Okay, so um, I was kind of starting at Shang-Chi, um, which we have at number 24. I mean, I I don't really care, but I, I like Age of Ultron better than this. I, mean, I know that I stand alone in really liking Age of Ultron. Um, that's where I thought uh, it should go. As much as I really like this movie, it continues to grow on me. I think Age of Ultron is kind of where I like it. Between Ant-Man and and Age of Ultron? Or between Ultron and Birds? Hmm. What do you guys think? Well, so this is what's weird, is that I liked Birds of Prey, Captain Marvel, and Ant-Man all better than Shang-Chi. But I like this movie better than Shang-Chi. Um, so, um, you know. Wow. You All like right, this well, more than anywhere, Shang-Chi. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but. Um, well, anywhere in that neighborhood is fine with me. But also, um, yeah, I, I like Birds of Prey better than this movie. Um, so Same here. And, uh, and also The Dark Knight Rises in Super 78. So, oh, you know, well, our list, yeah, so our list is stupid. <laughs> our list is dumb. So, well, it's just gotten out of control. It was easier. It's it definitely easier. better than Thor. It's definitely better than Doctor Strange. But I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like somewhere in here we can probably all come to some sort of agreement, too. All right. So under Superman 78. Now that I'm seeing the ones that would be above, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, Shang Chi. Maybe maybe we jump the gun there, but I, that's I think how I, I feel like about Joker. I think we really yeah. put Shang Chi way too high, personally. But anyways, um, <laughs> the Joker too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's better than Doctor Strange. Al, what are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. Staring at these lists of titles. This list of titles, it's it's hard to put it somewhere. I, I really liked this movie. Um it's it's really hard to rank it. it I don't know. Uh, just a personal note, this uh this movie made me want to go back and or go and read the source material more than almost any movie that we've seen so far. I thought it was really well done. I I've loved mythology my entire life, and this well, this yeah. just jived with me. Um, the world building in this was incredible. Um, it looked amazing. Um, all right, but I how do I put all those words choose. into a ranking? Um, you look at the words Ant Man, and you decide <laughs> right which is better, or you look at uh, yeah. Where do you think it should be? Oh, um, I say your call after that browsing speech. Agreed. Uh, I would throw it back up, um, maybe above Age of Ultron. Between Ant Man and the Wasp and Age of Ultron. I think, I think so. All right. All right. That is our uh, our compromise. Now on a jade tablet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it should be said one more time in addition to the the lore part of this. This is the prettiest movie I think we've watched. Absolutely. The, it's very sweeping. It, the photography is gorgeous. I will I will like, absolutely give it that every time. Um, I, I can't think of a prettier scene in any of these movies. Well, the reason we think so, and it's almost sad, but the reason is because you can tell she went and got 
exterior shots like Al mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, you know. She used tradition. So like, ooh, that's so gorgeous. Oh, they filmed it. Yeah, they use they, <laughs> they use traditional filmmaking techniques. <laughs> That's all that happened. Right. Instead of making I will it all say, CGI, natural light. Yeah, there is natural so light. much CGI in a lot of those location shots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The jungle. Of course, there has to be. They're not in the Take jungle. It the trees to all move at the same. They time. never went to the the badlands. Like no. all of these shots were CGI. It's absolutely. crazy. The beaches. The, also, that in shot. Off. That was a composite good. beach. After they really? shot on that beach for days and days and days. They built a composite beach from those shots so that they could have it to fill uh, cuts and things. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah. But we put it at number 30 in between Ant-Man and the Wasp and Avengers Age of Ultron. So it is a true compromise in that nobody really thinks that that's the right place. (laughs) I'm going to live with it surprisingly well. You know what, though? That's that's right where I thought it should have been. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always like, fine. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it's matter because this list. I have to put my. This list is ridiculous. Um, all right, that means next week it's time to move on to next week. We're done with the journals, and next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we will be watching and talking about Spider-Man: No Way Home. Wow, nice. Very yes. nice. Oh my Very god, intimidating. It's so recent in our memories. Uh, yeah, it is. My our, Peter Tingle. Is it is our Peter. last. Uh, <laughs> it is our last twenty twenty one movie. We only got eight. We got eight movies left, guys. And then we're just going to be popping them off as they're released. Then we're going to watch uh, all the Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Then we're going to watch um, every single Bollywood movie in order. <laughs> Jesus. In order. order. (laughs) That's arguable, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know what that even means. Um, So, can can we watch the uh, the Indian made, like, uh, what was it? Superman and Spider Woman? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I've seen clips. Yeah. Or the the Batman? Yeah, Yeah. we could do that. The the Bollywood Batman movie? Well, well, we are going back to the ones we missed and the ones that we. you know, decided post facto should maybe have been on the list or would be fun we to do. Throw some foreign ones we, in there. Yeah, there are also some Mexican Spanish language like superhero adaptation. We, we've got we've got twelve. We've got twelve or no versions. Yeah, we've got twelve on our list. Uh, that's a solid, you know, three three and a half months of uh of uh movies that we we could have. Well, I just love when we put it in terms like that. Yeah. <laughs> How many years we've we been doing this now? Three? Oh God, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're we'll be coming up on our we'll we'll our August will be four years. Four. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, we're gonna graduate from podcast school. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And still not know anything. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So that is next week. I don't week. like an education. Next week, Spider-Man No Way Home on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, this has been your host, Thoreau Smiley. The earth is ending, so I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and like Kingo, I'm my own grandpa. I'm Brian Lesch, and I'll be with Harry Styles in his spaceship until you guys need me. <laughs> yeah. I'm Alaric Weber, and I still want to be a giraffe. <laughs> Someday, Al. <laughs> the impossible. Someday. And Al went to college to be a giraffe. He Al. did. He has well, a degree in giraffology. We'll have to assemble the uni mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tall bachelor's degree. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.